As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome back to a Warriors Plus Minus podcast. We gave you a Warriors All 82, a plus minus. Marcus Thompson's in New York with me, so we're going to give you another All 82 after the Brooklyn game tomorrow night, which we should probably preview. Tim, Marcus, what's up? I am not in New York, by the way. I am not in New York. Let's let's make that clear. You guys are off frolicking in the New York realm. You you got a Monday night football game. I got a football game tonight. I got a football game on my, my, my mind is on. But... Let's talk Warriors loss. All terrible. Things are things are blowing up there. I'm just ready for them to play a good game tomorrow in Brooklyn. Probably lose. Possibly lose. I don't know. And then everything's terrible. What's going on with his team? Oh my God, they're not good anymore. It's standard NBA stuff happens. We'll talk about last night a little bit. I know you guys talked about it on, on all 82 or sometimes 82, whatever that podcast is now. But you guys know me enough. What do you think? I watching a full DVR of that game got out of it. What was the thing that I went, whoa? Rotations? Jonathan Kaminga, right? I mean, you guys talked about it on the podcast. I mean, I'd listened to Tim Roy call the game for, for most while I was driving home, and then i turn on in the fourth quarter, and I really was thinking, okay, Kaminga really could be in that closing unit. And, and there's, like, I know why he's not, but when you look at what they were getting from it, and, it, you know, Kerr's having to put Looney in there to finish, or Gary Payton II, there was a strong argument. And I, Marcus, I know you wrote about it, but there was a strong argument that Jonathan Kaminga was maybe the most exciting option. Again, I know why Kerr didn't do it, but that guy jumps off the screen. He actually closed the first half because he was so good to start the second quarter. They actually get in the last few minutes of the second quarter. But... Look, we know why it didn't happen. Like, Steve Kerr doesn't trust them. And, you know, Steve Kerr just is going to go with who he trusts. And he and it's a process, right? It's still early. He's still 19. But I think you can see this moving in that direction. 
Uh, you can see guys starting, you know, we're, we're talking about Wiseman and Clay. what happens to the rotation there. We really haven't talked about what if Kaminga is just good and good enough to excuse some mistakes, although they're not, there weren't that many last night, and to try to get all the other stuff. I swear, when he dove on the floor, like Marcus, you wrote about that play, when he you know knocked the ball loose from Lonzo Ball, I mean, I'm sorry, Lamella Ball and dove on the floor, I thought that was Draymond. Like, that's how like physically imposing that play was that I just immediately flashed like yeah yeah like like that's got to be Draymond. Well, wait a minute, that's not Draymond on the floor. That's Jonathan Kaminga. He just got his hand on the ball, and I I tweeted this like there's been some talk around the Warriors like a, a week ago to like Kawhi Leonard is the name I not like he's going to be Kawhi Leonard, but if you wanted to look at like what they're looking at him like what he could be, and I had obviously we had not seen real examples of that but they clearly have seen it in practice like this guy just gets his hands on the ball he's hard to get around if he's on you he's six foot eight athleticism length on you man that's a role that steve kerr could really play with there's no question about that that you could see kerr go okay he's 19 i don't know what he's gonna do offensively maybe good maybe bad but man if i could just throw him on to those kinds of guys i mean is he gonna get minutes on durant maybe i mean like that's gonna be fun to watch yeah, I think he might get a little quick shift on him. I, I think they they'll try Gary Payton on him at times. Obviously, Wiggins and Iguodala will take the bulk, and you know Draymond and Draymond. Yeah, at some point. yeah, we can get and we can get into that matchup later. Although Draymond's got a Blake Griffin sighting, you know, you know, you know, he, <laughs> he runs Draymond, Blake Griffin off the floor is what Draymond does. I just I just think Kaminga is like some guys like they don't necessarily want in the rotation because they they got other things, but he's showing like. He's going to have to get into this rotation, he, and he might already be in it. Yeah, well, he is in a, in a small dose right now and, and starting to earn potentially bigger doses, um, which he did yesterday. But, uh, you know, Marcus, I thought, put it pretty well in the podcast last night of, like, reminding him a little of an early clay defensively where, you know, Jonathan Kaminga is, and you're seeing what they're doing. They're putting him on DeRozan. They're putting him on LaMelo Ball. You know, go and, and just handle an individual assignment. His lateral quickness is really good. Start, stop. Doesn't seem to reach much. Good shot blocker, shot contester from the weak side or, you know, straight on. But, you know, you do still see, like, he doesn't know what the hell, like, you know, defensive terminology is or know your personnel or, you know, any of that. That's exactly what Mark Jackson did to Clay. It's exactly what he did to Yeah, Clay. he's, you know, half the time, I mean, especially when you're in the arena looking at it, it's like they'll be running down the court and Steph's like, no, you're in the corner. Come on, go, <laughs> go over there. Come on. No, over there. That's what putting him on these primary ball handlers does right he doesn't have as much help responsibility because he's on the guy like he's not you know remember Draymond like sometimes like they don't want him on the three-point shooter even if he's a great three-point shooter because Draymond will come off him like you put him on the primary ball handler now Draymond is obviously an incredible help defender but it's like sometimes you engage the guy by putting him on the guy who's gonna have the ball and is the most dangerous player and so if you don't if you're not great in the rotation so what you're already on the guy that they're most worried about it's early. It's early clay. It's early Draymond like, right? I mean, Mark Jackson. Who did he put him on? He put him on Andre Miller in the playoffs. Like these are the ways coaches get used to a really emerging, you know, spectacular young talent who has some rough edges. No question. You know what was impressive, Slater? Uh, that we probably just kind of take for granted. Man, he's got really good like one-on-one defensive like technique. I mean, he 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 kind of gets low. He's wide. You know, Steve was talking about how he loves. How he doesn't reach. He doesn't foul. Like he just believes in his ability. Like yo, I'm six foot eight. I got a six eleven wingspan. 
try to get around me. And if you try to go through me, I'm strong enough to absorb it. Like, you don't see 19-year-olds this good fundamentally standing in front of a guy, especially some of these clever ball handlers. Like we were saying, DeMar DeRozan makes a lot of sense. Kind of a straight line guy. He's going to... He's going to make his move. He's going to go. You beat him to the spot or you don't. But LaMelo might trick you a little bit. And he was still, like, even on that play, TK, you were talking about, if like when he's got LaMelo one-on-one, like he gets up into him. He's in his stance. And he's, like, ready. Uh, it's we, I didn't see any of this in Summer League at all. Like, we're, <laughs> none of this is like, yo, this dude can really guard. And when they start the ability to just throw him at somebody – it's very much akin to like when they were at their peak where they just had five or six guys to throw at. And he's obviously, you know, not experienced enough to rely on maybe against somebody like a Kevin Durant, but he get a few minutes just for a different look and make you feel it. And everybody was talking about the rebounding. I guess there was a play, I missed it, where he one-armed it and held off Miles Bridges or something like that. He just like bullied Miles Bridges and shoved him out the way. I actually worry about him as a rebounder, though. He doesn't seem to have great rebounding instincts. Well, that was a summer league issue, right? He, he did not. He wasn't great on defensive glass. He can jump and get to the offensive glass, but on, but although he's been fine in his he had last five, two he games. had five in yeah, sixteen yeah. minutes last night, and the, the play Marcus is talking about did happen. And what well, I remember being like, "Oh, nice rebound!" Like that, you know, because there was a lot of times in summer league, and even a little bit in these like doses we've seen him early on where it's just the ball's ricocheting in his area and he's like whoa you know and there was one yesterday where, where that actually did happen and Iguodala looked at him and was like grab the ball grab it so that's something to watch but I would say the number one most encouraging stat from I think the last two games he's played 26 minutes zero turnovers in those 26 minutes and that just shows what he's doing offensively which is simplified like that was a concern when you were like you know could they get him in the rotation and get him developmental minutes it's like well he wants to be high usage he wants to bring it up top he's a turnover machine I mean I saw it in the G League game where you know they let him loose in the G League they let him loose in the summer league and he's trying all these crazy passes and transition hit aheads and throwing it over people's head and he's you know, it's like six turnovers every 30 minutes, basically. But in this Warriors role, not only is he accepting that, like, hey, my primary role is guarding, uh, you know, a score, but he's also, like, as an offensive player, like, really playing, like, a smart secondary slashing role. He's had a couple situations at the top of the key where they let him do some pick and rolls with Steph as a screener, which, by the way, is, I think is a really interesting option. And he's just either got to the rim for a layup or made a simple pass. He has not tried the spectacular passes that you see when he's in the G League and you see no just turnovers pile huh? up. No step back yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Guess what? Only one attempted three in those uh, 26 minutes. No mid-range. It's all been at the rim smart stuff and like man if he can accept that role he does have a place on the team because that was the thing with moody it was like well moody just probably more ready because moody will be a three and d wing well coming is being a three and d wing right now it would be d and three for him though right it had to be. well i should d say and three, d but, d and layup basically yeah. <laughs> d, and d and dunk d, d and dunk yeah, and you can see it's positionless. And that's, I think, what they love about him. is like, right, in summer league, we're saying, like, this guy could play five. And he clearly is big enough to play a lot of five in the NBA. I mean, they're playing Otto Porter at five sometimes. But if he can defend the wing and start, you know, up top, there's a couple times Steph's, like, dropping the ball off to him and have Kaminga bring it up. He did it at least once last night. Like, there's some 
positionless freedom they have with Kaminga that they don't, you know, like we're kind of seeing they don't have it with some of these other guys. This is where I get in trouble when I talk about rotation, when I, when guys are coming up, who's losing their minutes. Well, we saw what JTA was a DMP last night. Bielitsa is never going to close halves. He's just not going to close halves. It's just he's not that kind of player. And as you mentioned, Kaminga closed the first half. We're talking about him possibly closing the second half. Didn't, but he could. Like you can just see where the minutes are being shaved down. And again, people get really mad when we talk about this, but this is the reality. And then when Weisman comes back, there's going to be more minutes shaved. And then when Clay comes back, there's obviously going to be a huge minute shaved. But we're beginning to see where this is going to happen. We can talk about Jordan Poole last night. You guys did already last night, but I also thought but Bielitsa was terrible last night. He just won't shoot the ball. Like, it's really simple. He's pump faking out of a good shot. And when he does that, it's a 50-50 chance he's turning it over. <laughs> he's dribbling into the lane and then that ball's the coming ball. out the other it's, way. It's, it's, it's not quite Caspi-ish, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. Like and then he'll take he'll take a set foot shot later. Yeah, he doesn't like feel like he wants to. It's like when even when he does take the three, it's like he's oh wait a minute, I guess I gotta shoot this. And yes, that's the offense. But it never feels like he's naturally like, here's the ball popping back to me. Boom, it's going up. I think it's a catch and shoot thing. Like when he's when he's got it and he's standing there and the defender's in front of him, like he, it seems like he'll he'll get it off. If it's all quick like that, if it's fast, he's going to fake and drive. Like it's all it's, it's like a <laughs> reflex. And it's so weird because like I mean, the point of him is that he's six what eleven like. The closeout shouldn't be that much of a deterrent. Like, he should be able to get that shot over most of them. But all it takes is a semi-closeout, and he's he's not shooting it, and he's dribbling into trouble, which it was cool at first when it's like, oh, he's more than a shooter. He's a playmaker. Remember that? Yeah, he's a playmaker. He's, he's finally gets to spread his wings. and like, nah, you, you kind of got to shoot those, dude. Like, just just hoist it. Everybody else is. Why, why not? Yeah, well, Kerr said in the offseason he's most Spates, right? Most Spates 2.0, and he's not being most Spates. He's trying to be... I don't know what he's trying to be. Nikola uh, Jokic. Uh, yeah, you know, he's he, trying to get it. Yeah, he's just not, it's not what's best for him. No question. Remember Draymond's talking from the baseline of Staples, hyping him up. Like, I didn't know he was this type of playmaker. Like, this guy can pass it. He was EuroLeague MVP. I love the way he puts it on the floor. And then again, he did it opening night. And what was like maybe our main talking about post game? He had like five assists, including three to like close the Lakers out in Staples. So I think he got a little in love with that and the idea of it. I don't think it's a Caspi situation because I have seen him t- jack some deep ones too. We got to get Caspi on this show. We got to get his take on all this. I'm sure he'd love to come on with us since we're three now, of his he favorite He wouldn't people. shoot at all. <laughs> like, that was his problem. Here. But yes, I do yes, think yeah, yeah. the initial part with, with Bielita was the reason he was getting those drives is because people were afraid he was going to shoot. Now I think they're like, he's not going to shoot it. <laughs> like He's going to drive. That's why he has to shoot in order to be able to create off the dribble he's got to shoot if he doesn't then they're not going to play the shot and that's really his advantage like he's not blowing by people off the dribble he's blowing by when people jump at him because they think they're he's going to shoot so the moment he loses that oh the shot's gonna fly he loses his advantage and he's just one of those guys like the warriors love it when these guys go into lane that they just the balls they're swiping at the ball the whole time like the ball's coming out you you do that to a good defender 
the boss, Miles Bridges, whoever, they're going to swipe it and it's going to come out. And the referee is not going to call a foul because it's the elites are doing it. And the ball's coming out and you're going to go the other way. And, and those are brutal turnovers. He hadn't been good for a little while. And I would say Jordan Poole was really bad last night. I mean, not the shoot. He hit some shots, but how many turnovers did he have? He just dropped the ball. He's not great dribbling the ball up against a great, you know, somebody who can, can challenge him on, on the dribble. And he's not great at initiating by himself when the defense is focused on. This has not been a great span for Jordan Poole. This is who he is, right? I mean, I, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be a superstar. He's not Clay Thompson. But the also thing is, like, he'll give you a good game. He's going to give you some a couple bad games. And this was a really bad. I mean, that's how Steph shot terribly and still was plus 14 or wherever he was in 36 minutes. And then they're minus, you know, 18 in the six minutes that he doesn't play or whatever, how many minutes that is. Sorry, 12 minutes he doesn't play. It's because Jordan Poole was, was really bad. And the defense was not so good either. Uh, this is certainly not early on when LaMelo's going off and he's not. You're just like looking, why is he shooting like that? Is he because Jordan Poole slothed off him and he gave him five feet and he just took the three? Boom. You know, that doesn't mean Jordan Poole's a bad player. He's a very important player to this team. But I think. Some of this is they're hoping Jordan Poole isn't a problem when Steph's off the floor, and it's still just hope. It's sometimes he's going to be a problem. It's game to game. I mean, he he won a couple games for them a week ago. Remember Steph, Steph's sick and really was kind of bad in like a middle portion of that homestand. And Jordan Poole had thirty one, then he had twenty six, then he had twenty five. But yeah, then he went on the road, and it was you know an environment that I don't want to say spooked some of the Warriors, but it was new to them, right? I mean, and I didn't think Peyton was as as uh, impactful as he's been lately. And the you know Poole obviously four twelve, and, and Tim just mentioned all the bad parts of his game. Damian Lee came in and was oh six in an instant. I mean, he he missed four threes right away. And wide open, wide yeah. open shots so, too. Not not like tough. Shots. So when you have Damian Lee struggling, Poole struggling, Peyton really hasn't been that impactful. And then, you know, Kuminga's not ready. I don't, or may, he might have been ready last night, but Kerr was never going to close with him. That's how you get Kevon Looney in the closing lineup. Yeah, Port, Porter, and too. I don't, Porter was over, too. I was saying, I wonder, Otto Porter may be hitting a little wall here. <laughs> well, he got, he got clipped think... the other night on the thigh and, like, left the game for a little while. And, yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's. He was not moving well last night. He was not moving well last night. And it's understandable. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries. In the last and few remember years. that fall in so, Chicago where you know where his knee got sideswiped on his knee. So I'm saying maybe you know they got this depth. They got Kaminga coming on. It would not be. I would not be surprised to see Otto Porter miss three, four games coming up here. I would not be surprised. You know, I think that's the the problem with Porter and Bielitsa. Also, though, is like in faster games and smaller games. You know, Charlotte was switching last night. It was just more frantic in that arena. I thought it was a pretty good crowd in the fourth quarter. They're a little slow, and you know, not that Looney isn't. <laughs> Looney's not starting from the perimeter, right? Like he's only got this short area. Listen, we we it's so so cliche to say it, but this this game really did put the X ray on it. Clay Thompson is the missing ingredient with this this team, duh, right? Been for two years, but that they that's the extra piece. They've got four guys they feel very comfortable closing with: Wiggins, Iguodala, Steph, Draymond, and it's who's that fifth piece? Kerr couldn't find it last night. Do you understand why there weren't there was nobody presenting himself 
unless it was Kamingo. And that's not who it's going to be right now. And it's Clay Thompson. It's, even when Wiseman comes back, Kerr is not going to feel comfortable closing with Wiseman. He certainly didn't last season. It's not going to happen, at least early on this season. They need that other piece. They're hoping one of those other guys is it. Some, and it has been for most of the season, clearly. We don't want to be too negative. We're 11 and 2. But like, who's that fifth player going to be who isn't just offense or just defense? You know, the two way wings, right? Kerr always talked about two way wings. It's Clay Thompson. They're paying him $40 million. That's who it is whenever he comes back. And until then, they're going to be searching. Or it's going to be Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> like that's, that's, Maybe it's that's, Andrew Wiggins, who has been really good for long stretches. Probably maybe the longest stretch of aggressive Wiggins. Three games in a row where he's like, yo, I'm, I'm cooking. Yeah, that's three, three games. Three, we're saying three games in an eight-year career. Where he's like, that's, but you might be right. Nah, you might be right. He had a lot of <laughs> long stretches, I thought, last season. I think they've been waiting for him to just look like he did last season. But were you thinking, like, oh, my God, they got to get the ball to Wiggins here down the stretch? I was no, not thinking that. No. The only time no, I, I remember he had a 40-pointer in memphis last year i think it was in memphis with steph out that was the first time it was like you know like heat check go get him go get him go get him wigs but again like down the street i thought he was fine last night i mean no question it was fine it was efficient uh was made a couple threes made a big three late but i never thought like while steph's strike struck you know got all the defense around him and you know andre and draymond sitting there open looking for like like no i'm not throwing it to you guys I didn't think, okay, get it to Wiggins and he'll do something. I just didn't feel that from him last night. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. He is playing well, though. Marcus, remember that uh, shot clock violation he forced on LaMelo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great block. I actually like how he's playing offensively. Like, he's really being selective. But when he's going, he's going. I actually think, Tim, they could, they needed him in the fourth quarter. But he didn't, he didn't take over, right? That was the time. And he didn't kind of say, all right. When Steph's dribbling around, when Steph's dribbling around, like looking for something, you could tell. Like Wiggins was the only other offensive player on the floor. It, there was no question about that. Andre especially was not with that, shoot the ball especially with that lineup Steve put out there. Yeah, I was gonna say like we had GP two out there for some minutes with that. Like Andre's GP two and Draymond 
all on the court in the last four minutes. That's not a good offensive unit. It, it's a good defensive unit, but it's not a good offensive unit. So Wiggins has to be aggressive in that case. He just has to be, and it just didn't feel like it was going to be. It's him. Like, I had somebody text me the game after his, the Timberwolves game. say like, he's so frustrating to watch. He's so frustrating to watch. He should just go do it like he did. Like, it's not him. You just got to get – that's done. He's not that person. It's going to be in a complimentary role down the stretch from Steph. But – Again, you know, these are the lineups they've got right now. It's all offense, all defense. They don't. They have won a lot of games like this, but like Porter and Bielitsa were brought in for offense, and Steve does not feel comfortable with them down the stretch, and you can understand why. So then they have to manufacture it with the other guys. And Andre's been like, we're just putting Andre in the closing unit. I think you know it's understood. He is so effective, but he is not going to shoot. Well, he is not. You saw that in issue last night. I mean, I highlighted a play in when I wrote post game, but it was a wide open Iguodala in the corner. Charlotte doubled completely off of him, and Steph didn't even pass it to him. And you know, Andre Andre hasn't hit a three in like seven games. He went two of five on opening night, and overall, he's four of twenty one on the season. So really, in the last like however many games, it's been two of sixteen. So he's just kind of a non threat from deep right now. And when you have Andre and Draymond in a closing unit, like you, it's really, really important to have a, a someone else who can shoot. I mean, it's important to have Kevon Looney on the court, then, right? It's important. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, JTA, put them all out there, all, all at once. Just go and again. They're eleven and two, not emergency, but I think you know a Slater is zero. You can see some. You can see why they're not like considered a title contender quite yet and it's going to wait to I see mean, we're killing them but work back in Draymond and Looney was yeah. one for one in crunch time last night uh, that's all I'm saying <laughs> Looney should have been featured you got to run nah, the offense with Looney, for Looney. Running, uh, that was huge that was gigantic and I know uh, I give credit to Steph for continuing to throw it to Looney and I give Looney credit for continuing to like try to score and pick up the foul because we've seen times where guys don't want to shoot the free throw, so they pass it out. But he's just not effective in that role. He's just not effective doing that. It's just not who he is. He's effective in a lot of other ways. But as the roller, when Steph's uh, getting double teamed, that is not that is not Kevon Looney. And we can all say James Wiseman. That's a role for him. Maybe not to close games, but man, it, Wiseman with that group would be flushing the ball in, in that situation. But I'm mean to Looney. I'm mean to Looney. That's 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 my role. How much of uh, what we saw is just like a matchup thing? Because we saw this with uh, Memphis, and now we've seen it with Charlotte. Are those two teams just uniquely fit to defend the Warriors? Or is this like a real critical flaw? Memphis, at this point, is not uniquely fit to defend anyone. They are the 30th oh, ranked defense terrible. in basketball. Which is crazy. Uh, but that night they were kind of active and deflecting, switching scheme. Uh, I mean, physical, physical. To me, a little bit what I wrote last night, it's, it's not that it's like a matchup based thing. This is just another reminder that when the throttle gets turned up defensively, when it's a more playoff environment, which is like, you know, a regular season, if it only starts to feel like the playoffs in like the last four minutes of a close game where, where both teams are pretty good, that has always historically been a harder you know, type of setting for Steve Kerr's offense to work. You know, the read and react stuff. The suddenly, you know, the loony coming up and the slip screen stuff and some of like, you know, the off ball stuff. It's just, it gets shut down a little bit better. And then suddenly it's Steph 
who feels the pressure. You could tell last night in Charlotte, he was like, you know, uh-oh, like none of this stuff's working. Let me start going for home runs. And then suddenly he's chucking threes even before they can get into the action. And it's why, as Marcus, you even mentioned on the podcast last night, it's why Durant not only made sense, obviously Kevin Durant made sense, but like was always Durant's argument. Like remember Houston, when, when Houston was doing all their switching stuff, it came down to, all right, Kevin Durant, let's go get like 35. Run a set play, go an ISO, you know, that's if they're going to go defense, they don't have the guys that can, you can really ISO with. So that becomes the conversation. And, and the answer always is clay, right? That's always going to be their answer. And it's a good answer. And, and we'll see when that He'll works help out. the floor spacing. But, I mean, look, it's just going to be every team has a weakness. You know, if we were sitting here breaking down the Utah Jazz, we'd be talking about, like, playoffs and what happens when, you know, they go small against Rudy Gobert and get him in pick and roll, blah, blah, blah. Lakers, you know, what are they going to do with Westbrook and LeBron on the floor? The Nets, uh, you know, is James Harden going to be in shape? Some of the other stuff. Like, every team has something to discuss right now to me. The Warriors are 11-2, and two, but I think in their two losses, we've seen like where it can go wrong for them. And that, to me, is crunch time offense because I think they're sturdy enough defensively. And yeah, Defense is fine. The defense is fine. I mean, it was good last night for most of the, most of the way. And But, you know, Kerr has those pieces. He likes to use, deploy them on defense. Andre's a defensive player. Draymond might be defensive player of the year. Kavon's a defensive player then it becomes how do you manage an offense around that. And, well, that's a lot. That feels like last year. Like, I mean, it does. That was the interesting part, right? They went out and got all these pieces. They got Bielitsa. They got Otto Porter. They added Jordan Poole to the rotation. And then the end, it was still like, yo, Steph, can you just make some shots? (laughs) Like, we don't have have much else. All those players you mentioned were We're not not on the floor. floor. They were not on the floor. And had a good argument for not being on the floor, too. Jordan Poole is going to go up and down. I think totally different conversation today if Jordan Poole hits four of those shots and they were there or doesn't drop the ball a couple times. Hey, that's basketball. You know, it's a different conversation. Damian Lee hits a couple of those shots. He didn't hit Damian Lee, yeah. And, you know, this is just the way that goes. I think I like GP2. You know I like GP2. I was – Questioning him. Do you really like GP Do you really like GP? I like him. I mean, he he puts the ball up, but he's not gonna. I mean, what, I think the shooting is. Man, he in his first four. What happened, man? It's like <laughs> I know. And what's happened is it's regression to. No, this is the we passed to me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even like the fifteen footer, he's just like that's not a comfortable shot for him. That's okay. It's no one ever claimed that he was going to be a great shooter, but I just like. For a while there, I thought, okay, you know what? And I think the Warriors thought, if he makes two of five, you know, randomly in there, that's great. Well, I don't think he's going to make two of five. This is just not who he is. He's an incredible finisher. He is valuable. I'm agreeing with all these things. He's better than Avery Bradley for them. All these points are well taken. He's not a 20-minute-a-guy game, though. He just is not that. His That is not his role on a good NBA team because those guys have to go get buckets at some point, and his buckets are all reactive buckets. They're off a cut. They're off a offensive rebound. They're off a you know, run out. They're not like two passes. Okay, GP, just go beat your guy. That's not going to be him. That's okay. These are things that they're looking at. But they don't have any of those guys. Like, they got Steph and Jordan Poole. That's it. Jordan Poole. Jordan, Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole. Yeah. Kaminga. Kaminga. Really? I mean, that's where you... Wiseman. Like, again, let's not... <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not, like, exaggerate. We, we've seen it for two games. With Kaminga, like, I, what I always talk about, who will go out and get a two? Who will get a two for this team? And it's Steph Curry and occasionally Jordan Poole and even more occasionally Andrew Wiggins. 
And we've just seen Kaminga, like he's a guy who might be able to go out and get it too. We've seen it only about four times yet, but I do like when they put Kaminga at the top of the key and they bring Steph over as the screener, particularly when there's shooters on the floor with them, you know, when it is Damian Lee and Bielitsa, because, man, that's just a tough action to guard because, you know, Steph's defender is not going to switch on to Kaminga. He's going to stick on Steph. The bigs are taught, you know, uh-oh, Steph Curry's in my vicinity. This entire scouting report's like, you know, stay somewhat connected to him. And Kaminga's got such a burst. He's faster than a lot of these, you know, even the wings that are guarding him, but particularly, you know, the bigs. Once he gets downhill, like, nobody's coming over to block it's that shot. It's the takeoff. Yeah. Oh, man. When yeah. take off. He just glides, and he's got really good touch. You know, when it, like, he does not clank those layups. Like, those are smooth, easy fingers rolls off the glass you know it doesn't need to be off the glass obviously he can dunk when he yo that to, figure like, roll was like a next level athleticism huh like you just don't see that like i could dunk it but you know what let me uh, yeah. It's like yeah let there, me just yeah. turn and pull <laughs> this over so you know again i don't think it's, it's steve kerr's gonna dial you know 15 of those up tomorrow night in brooklyn but particularly as we project this thing out over the next three years because remember this is a three four year plan one four inverted pick and rolls with Steph and Kaminga will become the new like with Wiseman in a dunker spot. Let's go. <laughs> uh, there you go. I mean, you know, I mean, they do like Kaminga's passes, dream we're talking right? about here. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we can say all these things and he's nineteen. Like, I, I was thinking last, like, like I know Wiseman had some really good games last season. You know, four, four or five of them. But he, was he ever like this? Like, like you could just see the expansive. I mean, you could see it in a in a role. Like Kaminga, we're talking about him like as a defensive stopper on the wing, a guy who could take the ball at the top of the key and get to the rim. Like there's some things that this guy's showing at 19. Defense is gonna get him on the floor. Once you're on the floor, now you now all kind of options open up for offensively. The, the problem with some of the guys we talk about is they can't take advantage of the options. Like Gary Payton's gonna get on the floor because of his defense, but what else can he do? That that's gonna determine how long he plays. Same with JTA. Kaminga's gonna get minutes because of his defense, and then that's gonna create opportunities for him to do things offensively. And when it's the other way, it's harder. Like you know, if you get cooked on defense, like it kind of like Jordan Poole, right? You kind of gotta hold your own first. Otherwise, you gotta be like lights out on offense in order for it to kind of pan out. At least, at least playing for Steve anyway, he's gonna always value that. That's the thing about Kaminga; he's going to always be able to guard. Or be a be a plus on defense and have something they could use, which means like the rest is working out offensively. I somewhat agree, but I bet there will be podcasts slash games that that we watch where Kaminga makes like four defensive errors. Yeah, that's just that's just yeah, part you of know, yep. and that's yeah. and so, yeah. that's being nineteen. But that's being yeah, 19, well, yeah that's being to, nineteen. And, to you know. Tim's original question, like we did have a lot of like you know segments last year after some really good Wiseman games where we're like, whoa, this is happening really quick, and this you know is it advancing. I mean, but, but it was is, it defense though? I don't think it was defense. Yeah, it wasn't defense. Yeah, it wasn't, there were it wasn't a couple defense. moments defensively. I remember a Minnesota game where he had not only did he have twenty five, he was like he, he got Edwards at the rim a couple times. He, there were there were a few times where you could see the flashes of like, oh yeah, he is seven one monstrous. He caught a block. I think it was in Milwaukee. Like somebody threw a floater and he caught it. And then ran the floor with it, and we're like, whoa! Like you know, you do see the visions of this this rim protector now. It's going to be a lot easier for Jonathan Kaminga to survive as a, as a perimeter one, you know, one on one individual defender in the in the modern NBA as a as a big, 
that's so hard. I mean, like you know, it's it's why they value what Looney does so much because like the the big is the the brains behind the defense, basically calling everything out. You, you're exploited more, so I think it will be easier for coming again on the floor. My point generally though is like. I think we had these moments with Wiseman last year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we had these, but we're not having in the Warriors style conversation, right? If it's Wiseman, it's a little different. With Kaminga, you can say this guy could play a big wing. Well, wait a minute. That's exactly what the Warriors have floors with, with Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Shaw Livingston, da, 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 on and on and on and on. And Kaminga seems to fit that style, that, you know, that. Kerr is not going to be looking for ways to pull him out of the lineup. He's going to be looking for ways to get him in. With Wiseman, they threw him out there, and then Kerr said, I got to get him out of here. Just because it's just the size, just because the foot speed, just because of the things that the errors that that you can make that just don't show up when it's six foot eight and have that kind of wingspan. So I agree. I understand what you're saying, but Kaminga does seem to fit the modern NBA. (laughs) It really seems to fit like. You can just see where, like, you play him and you, like, don't maybe you don't play Andre for a night. Can he be, he can't duplicate the leadership and the ball movement, but can he duplicate some of the other things? Yes. Can he duplicate some of the things that JTA has done? Yes. Can he duplicate some of the things that, like, you know, you can just go down the line and go, yes, he can. You can't say that about Wiseman, again, for just position reasons, but. That's a lot to say for him. I mean, he's all of a sudden ahead of Moses Moody. I mean, like that happened in about a blink, right? Like, boom, he's Moody's more prepared. Moody's the more basic set for me. And then what happened in three games? We got Kaminga ahead of him, and he deserves to be ahead of him. He's ahead of JTA too, right now. Yeah, he's obviously ahead of JTA. Isn't I mean, I mean, JTA will have his moments. We all know it, but Kaminga's ahead of JTA. I mean, it's already happened. Marcus, comment on that one. Yeah, uh, you sleep on JTA, and he will prove to you once again. <laughs> Why you can't give up? Once again, Kawakami, you've gone down this road before. I have, I have. I always Kawakami hates dudes who are just not lottery picks. (laughs) If you're below 20, if you're below 20, he's like, why are you down there? What are you down there for? Why are you getting drafted so late? Tell me what it is. Make them earn it. (laughs) Something's wrong with you. But then I, I credit them when they earn roles. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, look, the coach is the one who's showing it. Not me. The coach is the one who's showing it. And... The coach did not play GTA yesterday, so I'll put it that. Put it on Steve Kerr, not me. That's his role on the team too, right? Like if they're good, if they're competing for a championship, you know, JTA is not playing twenty five minutes. He's a he's a nice chip to be able to throw in when you need it, right? Or you know, if, uh, no question. Yeah, like he was last season. Somebody like he was gets last hurt, season. like he could fill in. Like you, you do need those guys. If Draymond misses ten games, who's getting a ton of minutes? It's going to be JTA. I mean, like, there's no question. But Kaminga is like that's why they're yeah, a deep team. Kaminga that's why they're a deep team. Is like rotation. Like he he's he's heading to that. You know, he's got to be on the floor. They were saying it's funny too because Slater, you were on this probably heavier than anybody. Like, yo, why is this dude not playing preseason? Why is he not playing preseason? So they <laughs> they were saying he got hurt or whatever. But it's just weird that they played. He wasn't in the rotation before, before he, he got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah, but they were playing. They were playing this as. A far more long-term thing. Well, look, I think a lot of that was, and I mean, we talked about it at the time, but there was this, like, attempted statement by the coaching staff of, like, what is this season about? It's not about the rookies. It's not about these gifted minutes. It's about, it's about like, wins, veterans baby. and win now and, like, all right, rookies, like, you know, latch on to the bandwagon at the back, and if you earn your way up here to the top, okay, you'll get the minutes. Like, Kaminga, like, we're starting you at the bottom, earn it. And – 
I get it, and maybe it were. You know, I think a lot of in a lot of ways, what they've done is certainly is better than the strategy they took with Wiseman last year, which was like, uh, you know, you missed all of preseason, like starting opening night, like tip off, let's go. But you know, at the same time, like, yeah, you know, Jonathan Kaminga probably could have used like twenty minutes a night in preseason, but whatever. They wanted Porter and Bielitsa. You know, they wanted them on the floor with Steph and Draymond. That's what they dedicated it to. That was the point. I get it. One other thing should be said. Their preseason really was a trampoline into the regular season. Like, the way yeah, they no, came that, together that with that, that urgency. Big. Like, there's a reason they started this. Remember opening night? It was like them against the Lakers. They, they beat the Lakers because one team had spent two weeks, like, really ramping it up. The other team was like, oh, you know, okay, the, the lights finally tick on tonight. We'll actually start, like, trying to figure some things out. And I do think Kaminga had to, like, show him something, too, right? You know? He had he had his, you know, idea of how he would play. I remember Draymond saying, "What what did he say? He was like, he think he invented swag or something like that." He's a Draymond made a comment. He said he thinks he's the swaggiest guy. Yeah, on yeah, that kind of disposition, you know, where he came in and he, you you know he just got these kind of like this aura about him, like, "Yo, I know I'm about to be really good." And I think he's shown them some things. Like, when you talk to people behind the scenes, they're like, man, what they were saying about him during the draft process was wrong. He is down for the work, right? He is willing to do the the little things. He's listening to all of what they're saying. We had somebody tell us last night, like, the the rep was kind of, he was low IQ. But he's got a really good feel for the game. Like, all the stuff they had to learn about him and grow. But I think it's part of him saying, yeah, what what does it take? <laughs> what, whatever that is. I'll do that. Apparently, it's go guard Steph in, in practices, right? I mean, that's something. When I saw that, I went, whoa, they're trying something here. They are trying. That was the wild here. part to VTK. I'm like, yo, they're really trying to, they're really, this is Frankenstein. They're like, yo, guard Steph. Let's see what you can do. Like, they're really trying to make something here. I, again, I I got that note from somebody uh, you know, early last week, whenever it was, and it was like, really, you're defensive stopper. Like, that's what you're looking at. I you know we had not heard maybe you guys had heard I not, not like heard in that, that vein it was like he could play yeah. defense yeah. but whoa like, watch what he you know yeah. Yeah. and not a wing like not wing like you know go get the best you know, perimeter offensive player and I just heard that and went okay and then they start playing him like that and went okay I guess they really saw that because they're doing it and they clearly did it in practice and they clearly if they're throwing him at Steph in scrimmages or whatever they're doing like they are like. Maybe they just said it like that. You want to get on the floor? This is how you get on the floor. And show it to us against 30. Show it to us against the singular offensive performer in this era with Durant. And let's see what you can do. And if he answered the bell, clearly he did and to their satisfaction. That does tell us a lot about him. That I think at 19 years old, you can say, this is this is a guy who's going to do some things in this league. And it's probably... And he blew me off because he couldn't be late for the bus. What was up with that? That's, that's a huge... That's a, what was that's up a with pro. That? That's like, a pro come right on, there. Jonathan. That, that's, like, a, that's a pro. He's like, man, I'm just a rookie. <laughs> like, all right, I guess. Marcus, we got to get to practice today. So you should be able to get him today if you want him. But we got to get out there. So that'll do it. For the Jonathan Kaminga podcast, <laughs> we got net nets. Kaminga plus minus. Warriors. Let's go. Yeah, so you think people might want to be interested or interested in hearing about Jonathan Kaminga? I think they might be interested. So I think we're okay on this topic. Nets today, so. Warriors tomorrow. The number one and number two scorers in the league, Kevin Durant, who's having an absurd start to the season, uh, and Curry, and I would say probably the one-two candidates for MVP at this point of the season. MT, have you talked to KD since uh, he left? A few times. We, we've, we've shared a few texts, but not, not very much. 
I'm just curious, like, if he still feels like, are you going to go out there and try to destroy him? I probably will. Well, probably he went will. out and destroyed the Thunder last night. Uh, yeah, well, he's getting just, cascaded he with booze in Oklahoma City still. <laughs> um, well, what does that mean right now, though? Hey, mean you mean the Thunder, who he, he broke their four-game win streak? Okay, the Thunder had won four in a row. They're rolling. We'll see. We'll see. Let's so go, apparently, let's the, apparently the pregame intros in Oklahoma City last night went Durant, Cascade of Booze, Blake Griffin, who's from Oklahoma City, Cheers, mm. James Harden, Booze. And it was just this, like, <laughs> I can't imagine people that reading last night. But anyway. Later with his uh, OKC report, everybody. There you go. OKC. Right. OKC. Drink. <laughs> um, all right. We, me and Marcus will talk to you uh, post game from Brooklyn. <laughs>